Rick Vaughn gets the starting call today. We're told he matured a lot over the winter. Apparently, he's bathing now. Congratulations, Rick. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator, to complement his fastball, the Terminator. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in, Monty. That broadcast school has really paid off. If Bob Euchre is the best movie broadcaster of all time as Harry Doyle in Major League, Monty What's-His-Name is probably the worst analyst. Welcome to another edition of MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. My name is Greg Mraz. It is a pleasure to have you along for the ride. A reminder to write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. Make sure that you leave those reviews. I do read them, whether they are five stars or one stars. I have read each and every one of them. And if you leave a review, I will give you a prize that is yet to be determined, probably something that is not of very high value. I want to start today talking about what Rob Manfred told Carl Ravitch of ESPN early on Saturday morning. He tells Ravitch that we are playing, the players need to be better, but I am not a quitter in general, and there is no reason to quit now. We have had to be fluid, but it is manageable. That quote in particular bothers me a lot. He, once again, as he has done throughout, is blaming the players. And while I have seen players not completely follow protocol, meaning not wearing masks in the dugout, not socially distancing in the dugout, high-fiving, spitting, etc., Major League Baseball hasn't exactly done a good job of being authoritative when it has come to actually making a decision when there is an outbreak. I feel like a broken record when I keep saying this, and I felt like I've had maybe about five to ten different episodes basically saying the same thing. My problem is, is that Rob Manfred says that he's not a quitter, but it's not really affecting his health. It's affecting the health of the players. And while 95% of the players are doing a good job, there are some players that are not. Now, there are rumors that have come out that Cardinals players went to a casino, and there are rumors that have come out that Miami Marlins players ended up at a strip club in Atlanta when they were playing their exhibition games against the Braves. Now, the problem I have with the Miami story is that there is no verifiable source to that. That was something that Bob Nightingale, and that's the voice I'm going to continue to do for Bob Nightingale going forward because I... I'm not a Bob Nightingale fan. If you have listened to this podcast from the start, I am not a Bob Nightingale fan. So anyway, Bob just threw that story out there without any sources, without any evidence. You know, Bob really likes to hide behind anonymity. Sometimes I just think he throws things out there and thinks if they will stick. Now, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here or anything, but if you follow baseball close enough and you read enough of what Bob Nightingale writes and says there is some stuff that can be questioned. But you didn't come to this podcast to hear me rant about Bob Nightingale. If you did, I'd be questioning your life's mission. But what I'm trying to say is that Rob Manfred has effectively tried to deflect blame away from himself and away from the owners once again. Because Rob Manfred and the owners did not have a good plan, they failed the players, and they failed 
all of Major League Baseball, in particular the National League East and the American League East, when they didn't postpone the game between the Marlins and the Phillies. Now, there is news coming out of Philadelphia that the Phillies believe that all of their positive tests were false positives. So the Phillies are going to get the go-ahead to resume playing on Tuesday. The Marlins are going to get to resume playing on Tuesday as well in Baltimore. The remaining Marlins players in Philadelphia are going to go to Baltimore, and then there's going to be a roster of new players that are coming in there. And Craig Mish, who covers the Marlins, he has been phenomenal throughout this entire ordeal for Miami. He basically tweeted out the equivalent of, the Marlins are going to have a representative lineup, but their pitching staff is going to end up being decimated. Again, it has not been 14 days. Is Tuesday too soon to return to Major League action with the players that tested negative? Is there still some potential exposure? I don't know. If it was safe enough, maybe they figured that they can go ahead and do this. If all these players that are still in Philadelphia test negative, then I say you probably can go ahead and play. The Phillies, it seems like they're ready to rock and roll, so they'll be back in action. The team that I question, though, is the St. Louis Cardinals. We haven't seen any positives from the Minnesota Twins or the Cleveland Indians, where the Cardinals just were up in Minnesota. The Indians were in the same clubhouse as the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals game yesterday was postponed against the Brewers, as expected, and the doubleheader was canceled. Now, the Cardinals are fully expecting to play their next series, and their next series is against the Tigers, and I will check to see if that is a home or a road series. I believe that series is at Bush Stadium, as the schedule loads here on my computer. It is at Detroit, and what it looks like they're going to do is they're going to play the entire series in Detroit with the Cardinals being the home team for the latter two games and the Tigers being the home team for the first two games. And then the Cardinals will come home on Friday to play the Cubs. I think it is too soon for the Cardinals to be playing. If you can get the Marlins back in commission, then great. Get the Marlins back in commission safely. But the outbreak for the Cardinals is still in its early stages. Do they nip it in the bud or does it get worse? As more tests come in, and we'll find out probably more today, they had six additional positives yesterday. If we find out more today, we'll have a better idea about whether or not the Cardinals actually should play. My whole point in this opening monologue is this. Rob Manfred deflecting blame for these situations is bullcrap because Rob Manfred should be more authoritative in preventing spread instead of just saying, oh, well, we'll let the players decide abdication of duty, dereliction in duty. Rob Manfred continues to step in it and then tries to deflect blame onto everybody but himself. And when Lorenzo Cain of the Brewers opted out yesterday, given everything that's going on with the Cardinals right now in Milwaukee, it to me was a big flashing neon sign. The players don't trust the process. More of this is going to happen. So I would not be surprised if you see more opt-outs from significant players moving forward if Major League Baseball doesn't get this under control. 
And who knows if they will get it under control. Maybe we'll have all these different gaps of teams that are going to miss games and then have other games that they'll have to make up as part of doubleheaders. Yesterday, you had the Tigers and Reds postponed due to rain. Now, here are your COVID postponements. Phillies Blue Jays, Nationals Marlins, also another Phillies Blue Jays because they were supposed to do a doubleheader, and Cardinals Brewers. You had five scheduled games that did not happen, four of them because of COVID-19. To me, when you have that happen, you are in a really bad place as a sport. And as we see the NBA come back, and as we see the NHL come back, I wonder whether or not Major League Baseball is thinking about shutting it down for a couple of weeks and finding a bubble to play in. Because in my opinion, at this rate, even though you're getting all these PR things from Major League Baseball that are saying, well, we'll be all right to play in a week, and we can have the Phillies are good, and the Marlins, they're going to be back even though they just lost 19 players on their team, and the Cardinals think that they can play in less than three days, and I just think it is a load of crap. They're going to have to find a bubble because at this rate, the season's going to be over in two weeks. But let's move on to game action. I have already depressed you long enough. Do you know who the Major League Baseball RBI leader is? If you do, then you're probably a baseball nerd just like me. It is Giants middle infielder Donovan Solano. Who is Donovan Solano? Well, in the Giants game against the Rangers on Saturday night at Oracle Park, Donovan Solano showed you why he's come up clutch time and time again early on in this season. And a line drive and a base hit that's going to score a pair. Dickerson rounds the bag at third and the Giants lead 4-2. That Donovan Solano two-RBI single in the bottom of the third inning broke a 2-2 tie. Giants beat the Rangers 7-3. San Francisco improves to 5-4. Texas falls to 2-5. Caleb Barriger gets the win. He recorded one out out of the bullpen as he is now 2-0. Jordan Lyles takes the loss for Texas. He is 0-1. Rangers got the scoring started in the top of the first inning on a two-RBI single from Todd Frazier. Evan Longoria tied up the ball game in the bottom of the inning on a two-RBI double. Donovan Solano, as you just heard, made it 4-2 San Francisco on a two-RBI single. Mike Yastrzemski walked with the bases loaded in the bottom of the sixth inning to give the Giants a key insurance run and extend the lead to 5-2. Two more for the Giants in the bottom of the eighth inning on an RBI single from the aforementioned Donovan Solano and a bases-loaded walk from Brandon Belt. Scott Heineman would hit a solo homer in the top of the ninth inning, but it was meaningless. For San Francisco, Drew Smiley got the start. He went four innings, allowed two runs on three hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts. Giants have not had a starting pitcher complete five innings in each of their nine games this year. Jordan Lyles went four innings, allowed four runs on three hits, walked five, struck out one. Rangers pitching walked 11 in the ball game. For San Francisco, Donovan Solano two for five with three RBI. Evan Longoria three for four. With two RBI, Mike Yastrzemski goes 0 for 1, but he scores two runs and had an RBI because he walked four times. 
The only player in the game for Texas that had multiple hits was Rob Refsnyder, who went two for four. The RBI in the game for the Rangers came from Todd Frazier, who went one for four, and Scott Heineman, who went one for four with a solo homer. We'll head up to Seattle for the A's and the Mariners, and the extra inning rule so far has been very kind to Oakland in 2020. A's would love to get at least one in. And that should do it. It's going to hit the gap. Kemp's going to come in to score easily. The ball lodges underneath. You can't do that, Lewis. And Grossman is going to end up at third. That go-ahead double from Robbie Grossman in the top of the 10th inning made all the difference as the A's beat the Mariners 3-2 at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. A's are 4-4 four four as they snap a three-game losing streak. Mariners fall to 4-5. Scoring got started in the bottom of the third inning as Kyle Seeger drove home two with a single against A's starter Mike Fires. The Mariners would not have another hit until the ninth inning. The A's tied the game in the top of the seventh inning on a two-run homer from Chad Pinder. Mariners had a chance to win it in the bottom of the ninth inning. They had the bases loaded with one out. But Joaquin Soria struck out both Jose Marmalejos and Shed Long to send the game to extra innings. The winning pitcher was Joaquin Soria. He pitched a scoreless ninth with two walks and three strikeouts. The loser, Dan Altavilla, he gives up one unearned run. Remember, the runner that starts on second base in extra innings is an unearned run on one hit, no walks, and one strikeout. A no decision, a tough luck no decision for Mariners starter Yusei Kikuchi. He allows three hits in six innings, no runs, one walk, and nine strikeouts. Mariners pitching struck out 15 in the ballgame. Mike fires a no decision for Oakland. He allows two runs on four hits in six innings, one walk, and three strikeouts. For the Mariners, Austin Nola went two for four with a run scored. Kyle Seeger one for three with two RBI. Kyle Lewis goes one for three. His multi-game hitting streak is snapped, but he still has hit safely in all nine games this year. And when I say his multi-game hitting streak, he had six straight games of multiple hits coming into tonight. For Oakland, the only player with multiple hits was Steven Piscotti, who goes two for four. Robbie Grossman, by the way, that was a pinch-hitting appearance for Sean Murphy in the top of the 10th inning. Chad Pinder won for three with his two-run homer. Soria, the winning pitcher's record, is 1-0. Altavilla, the losing pitcher's record, is 1-1. Liam Hendricks picked up a save with a scoreless 10th inning, his second of the year. Well, the beat keeps going on for the Yankees, who are off to the best start of anybody in Major League Baseball. They took on the Red Sox Saturday night at Yankee Stadium. Big opportunity here for the Yankees at a big inning as Gio Urshela lofts a fly ball to center field and deep. Bradley's back on it, over his head and gone! A grand slam for Gio Urshela! That Gio Urshela grand slam, his second homer of the year, made it 5-0 Yankees in the bottom of the second inning. Those are all the runs they'd need as they would go on to win by a 5-2 final. Yankees are off to a 6-1 start. That's the best winning percentage in Major League Baseball. The Red Sox are now 3-6. Aaron Judge hit a solo shot in the bottom of the first. His third straight game with a homer. 
before Gio Urshela hit his grand slam in the bottom of the second. Xander Bogarts hit a two-RBI double in the top of the third. That made it 5-2 Yankees, as that was the only runs the Red Sox would have in the ballgame. The winning pitcher, Nick Nelson, in his Major League debut, he goes three scoreless innings out of the bullpen, does not allow a hit, walks two, and strikes out four. The losing pitcher, the starter, Zach Godley for Boston, he goes three and a third, allows five runs on six hits, two walks, and one strikeout, and a two-inning save to David Hale, his first of the year, as he allows two hits, no runs, one walk, and three strikeouts. For the Yankees, Luke Voigt went two for four with a run scored. Mike Touchman went three for four with a run scored. Gio Urshela goes one for three with that grand slam. Aaron Judge one for three with his solo homer. For the Red Sox, Kevin Pillar was the only player with multiple hits as he went two for four. Nick Nelson is 1-0. Zach Godley is 0-1. I love walk-offs. You should too. We have the first of our walk-offs in Anaheim where the Angels took on the Astros. 0-1 to Hermosillo. Winning run on third. Hermosillo gets into one. Right field will be deep enough. Lennox got a big arm. Fights coming home. Throws up the line. The Angels win it. The Angels getting a walk-off sack fly in the bottom of the 10th inning from Michael Hermosillo as they edge the Astros 5-4. Angels are 3-6, Astros are 4-4. The winner, Ryan Buchter, he is 2-0 on the season. The loser, Nivaldo Rodriguez, he is 0-1. The lines on them, Buchter a third of an inning, one walk and a strikeout. Rodriguez, two-thirds of an inning, one unearned run, one hit, one walk, and one strikeout. Starting pitching lines were good on both sides in this game. For the Astros, it was Zach Greinke. He goes five and two-thirds, two earned runs on three hits, no walks, and four strikeouts. For the Angels, Griffin Canning goes six innings, six hits allowed, one run, two walks, and five strikeouts. This was a back-and-forth affair, to say the least. It was a scoreless ball game until the bottom of the sixth inning when David Fletcher got a sack fly to make it 1-0, and Brian Goodwin then singled home a run to make it 2-0. George Springer made it 2-1 as the Astros outfielder singled home a run in the top of the seventh inning. In the bottom of the eighth, Anthony Rendon had an RBI single to make it 3-1. But in the top of the ninth inning, Josh Reddick hit a solo homer, and then George Springer followed with a two-run homer to take a 3-2 Angels lead and make it a 4-3 Astros lead. Jason Castro, though, came up big with a two-out RBI double that scored Luis Renifo to make it 4-4 and send the game to extras. Astros failed to score in the top of the inning, and Michael Hermosillo came up big in the bottom of the inning. Looking at some of the individual totals for the Astros, Uli Gurriel went two for five. Josh Reddick goes two for four with a homer and two runs scored. George Springer two for four with three RBI. Jose Altuve went two for five. For the Angels, the only guy that had multiple hits in the ballgame, pardon me, two guys had multiple hits. Taylor Ward goes two for four with two runs scored. And Luis Renifo goes two for four with a run scored. Our next walk-off comes in Baltimore as the Rays took on the Orioles. He's about the only one left, and I'm not sure he can go. There's a looper into right field. Orioles win it. 
Pat Vileka with the walk-off base hit, and the Orioles win it in 11. Ah, oh, good for that kid. Another extra inning dramatic win as the Orioles edge the Rays 5-4. Baltimore is 4-3. Tampa has fallen to 4-5. The winning pitcher, Travis Lakins, he is 1-0. Oliver Drake takes the loss. He is 0-2. Orioles got the scoring started in the bottom of the fourth inning. Renato Nunez hit a solo homer his first of the year. Rio Ruiz then followed with an RBI single to make it 2-0. Mike Brasso hit a solo shot for Tampa in the top of the sixth inning to make it 2-1. But then Baltimore came back in the bottom of the sixth inning. They got a single from Pedro Severino, made it 3-1, and then a Rio Ruiz sack fly to make it 4-1. But Tampa came back and scored three in the top of the eighth inning thanks to an RBI single from Jose Martinez, an RBI ground out from Brandon Lau, and a Kevin Kiermeyer RBI single. In the bottom of the 11th, you heard that walk-off call as Pat Vileka got the game-winning single. Four runs on eight hits for Tampa, five runs on eight hits for Baltimore. As we said earlier, Travis Lakins gets the win. He goes one scoreless inning, and he allows no hits, walks nobody, strikes out one. Oliver Drake goes an inning and two-thirds, allows no hits, one run. It was unearned, one walk, and one strikeout. Again, the unearned run, the runner starting at second base. The starters in this ball game: Wade LeBlanc for Baltimore, one run on four hits in five and a third innings, one walk and three strikeouts. Tyler Glasnow for Tampa Bay, he goes four and two-thirds, allows two runs on three hits, three walks, and five strikeouts. Offensively, Dwight Smith Jr., two for four with two runs scored. For Baltimore, Renato Nunez, one for four with two runs scored, an RBI, and a walk. Rio Ruiz goes one for two with two RBI and two walks. For Tampa, Mike Brasso goes two for three with a run scored and an RBI. That came on his homer. Yandy Diaz goes two for five with a run scored. Jose Martinez, two for four with an RBI and a walk. Kevin Kiermeyer, a pinch hit appearance. He goes one for two with an RBI. The Chicago Cubs continue to play good baseball, and they did so again against the Pirates on Saturday. Tyler Chatwood, the Cubs starter, well, he has been a pleasant surprise for the men on the north side. Robo out and right, swing and a miss, strike three. And he chased one in the dirt. Hey, got him looking. It's a series. It's pretty 2-2 with two outs. Swing and a miss. Hey, got him looking. Swing and a miss on a changeup. Two serves. Swing and a miss. Contreras will. Rizzo, that's nine. Wow. How about a cutter? Yeah, why not? Swing and a miss. Part of an 11 strikeout performance for Tyler Chatwood as the Cubs beat the Pirates 4-3 at Wrigley Field. Chicago is 6-2, Pittsburgh is 2-6, Tyler Chatwood gets the win, he is 2-0, he goes 6-2 innings, allows 3 hits, no runs, 2 walks, and 11 strikeouts. Mitch Keller takes the loss as he goes 2-2 innings, 5 hits, 2 runs, 1 walk, and 1 strikeout. 
Rowan Wick gets the save for the Cubs as he pitches two-thirds of an inning in the ninth. All of the Cubs' runs came on homers, two of them against Mitch Keller. Ian Happ hit his third homer of the season, a solo shot in the bottom of the third to make it 1-0. And then Javier Baez hit his third in the bottom of that same inning to make it 2-0. Kyle Schwarber in the bottom of the eighth with the score still 2-0. Hit a two-run shot to double the lead to 4-0. In the top of the ninth, Colin Moran hit his fifth of the year to make it 4-2 Chicago. Pittsburgh got one more run on a Gregory Polanco ground out, but they would come no closer. For the Cubs, Ian Happ in the leadoff spot, two for four with a run scored and an RBI. Javier Baez, one for three with that solo homer and two runs scored. Kyle Schwarber, two for four with two RBI and one run scored. Cubs also got a two for three performance from Wilson Contreras. For the Pirates, Kevin Newman goes two for four and Brian Reynolds goes two for three with a run scored. Pirates did not have anybody else with multiple hits. On the south side of Chicago, the offense has started to wake up for the White Sox. They were in Kansas City today, squaring up with the Royals. High in the sky, center field. Starling back at the track and the wall. It's off the top of the wall and bouncing over and gone. Starling can't find it. Bubba Starling couldn't find it because it was over the wall. A three-run homer from Eloy Jimenez in the first inning. The White Sox scored four in the first, one in the second, two in the fifth, and four in the ninth as they cruised to an 11-5 victory over the Royals. White Sox had 21 hits in the ball game. Royals, despite losing, had 15. White Sox are 4-4 four and four on the season. Royals are 3-6. and six. Winning pitcher Matt Foster, he is 1-0. He pitches a scoreless fifth inning in relief of Gio Gonzalez. The loser, Ronald Bolaños, he goes one and two-thirds innings, allows five runs on five hits, two walks, and one strikeout. Gio Gonzalez got the start for the White Sox. He went three and two-thirds scoreless innings, three walks, six strikeouts, five hits allowed. Cody Hoyer picked up the save for Chicago, his first, as he went the last inning and a third, allowing one run on three hits, no walks, and two strikeouts. Big days for the White Sox offense. Eloy Jimenez, who we mentioned, he went four for six with four RBI, three of them coming on a three-run homer, and one run scored. Leury Garcia went four for five with an RBI, a walk, and a run scored. Luis Robert, who is finally in the leadoff spot for the White Sox, he had a home run, went four for six with two runs scored and two RBI. Yoan Moncada goes three for five with two runs scored. Jose Abreu, two for six with a run scored. And Yasmani Grandal goes two for five with two RBI a walk and two runs scored. So a big day for the White Sox offense. For Kansas City, Whit Merrifield goes three for five with two RBI and a run scored. Jorge Soler, two for five with two strikeouts. Ryan O'Hearn, three for four with two RBI and a run scored. Franchi Cordero with a pinch hit RBI. He did not have any runs scored. I don't know why I felt the need to say that. We go up to Minnesota, where the Twins had another stellar pitching performance against the Indians. Drill to the left field corner. It's deep and gone. He's got another one. And that left the ballpark as quickly as the first one. 
the second homer of the day for Miguel Sano. All three twins runs coming on solo homers as they blank the Indians three to nothing. The winning pitcher, Kenta Maeda, he is 2-0. Maeda went six shutout innings, allowed one hit, one walk, and six strikeouts. Carlos Carrasco takes the loss for Cleveland. He is 1-1. He allows three runs on six hits in six innings, one walk, and five strikeouts. All three runs coming on solo homers. Taylor Rogers picks up the save for Minnesota, his third, as he pitches a scoreless ninth with two strikeouts. Scoring was simple. Miguel Sano, solo homer, bottom of the third, his first of the year. Eddie Rosario, solo homer, bottom of the fourth, his second of the year. Miguel Sano, bottom of the fifth, solo homer, his second of the game and second of the year. That's 3 nothing. That's how you do it, folks. Twins had just six hits in the game. Sano had multiple hits as he went two for three with those two homers. Marwin Gonzalez goes two for three as well for Minnesota. Indians had just two hits. They came from Francisco Lindor and Bradley Zimmer. Twins are now 6-2. Indians are 5-4. The Atlanta Braves are starting to get hot. We send you down to Truist Park for the Braves and the Mets. Swing and a high fly ball left center field. Nimmo on the run. Still going back. It's gone. The Braves do strike first in the first. Marcel Ozuna continues to pummel the Mets. It's 2 to nothing. The third homer of the year for Marcel Ozuna. Braves go on to win by a 7-1 final. They scored two in the first on that Ozuna homer and three in the second thanks to a Tyler Flowers RBI double, a Ronald Acuna RBI double, and an Ozzie Albies RBI single. Acuna also hit his first homer of the season. That came in the bottom of the sixth inning to make it 7-1. Josh Tomlin picks up the win out of the bullpen for Atlanta. The 35-year-old right-hander goes two and a third scoreless relief out of the bullpen. No hits, no walks, and three strikeouts. Michael Waka takes the loss for New York. He allows five runs on seven hits in four innings, two walks, and five strikeouts. Tuki Toussaint got the start for Atlanta. He goes four innings, allows three hits, no runs, three walks, and five strikeouts. For the Braves, they are now 6-3, and three. Mets are 3-6. and six. Offensively for Atlanta, Ronald Acuna goes 2-for-5 with a home run, 2 RBI, and 2 runs scored. Marcelo Zuna, a 2-run homer. He goes 2-for-4 with 2 RBI and a run scored. Matt Adams, 1-for-4. Dansby Swanson, 1-for-3 with 2 runs scored. Also RBI from Ender Enciarte and Tyler Flowers. Enciarte, 1-for-4. Flowers, 1-for-3. For New York... Robinson Cano goes two for three with an RPI. Michael Conforto, two for four. The Mets did not have anybody else with a multi-hit game. Both the Colorado Rockies and the San Diego Padres are off to solid starts to their 2020 campaign, but today it was Colorado that got the best of the battle at Coors Field. 3-1. And this is lifted right center field and deep, and Matt Kemp has hit one for the Rockies now. Off. First home run in a Rockies uniform for Matt Kemp as the Rockies cruise 6-1 over the Padres Saturday afternoon at Coors Field. Rockies are 5-2 to start the year. Padres are 6-3. Winning pitcher Kyle Freeland, he is 2-0. Freeland is off to a nice start after a rough 2019 season. 
He goes six shutout innings. He allows just two hits, one walk, and four strikeouts. Joey Lucchese takes the loss for San Diego. He goes just an inning and two-thirds, three runs on six hits, one walk, and three strikeouts. Colorado scored three in the second, one in the third, one in the fourth, and one in the fifth. Those runs coming in the second thanks to a Drew Butera sacrifice fly, a throwing error by Lucchese, and an RBI single from Charlie Blackman. That solo homer you heard from Kemp came in the bottom of the third to make it 4-0. Trevor Story hit a solo shot in the bottom of the fourth, his fourth of the year, to make it 5-0. And Chris Owings added on in the bottom of the fifth with an RBI single to extend the lead to 6-zip. Only run of the ball game for the Padres came in the top of the eighth inning on a Trent Grisham solo homer, his third of the year, to make it 6-1. to one. Padres had just three hits in the ball game, coming from Tommy Pham, Trent Grisham, and Francisco Mejia. For Colorado, multi-hit games for Trevor Story, who goes 2-for-3 with an RBI, a walk and a run scored. Charlie Blackman, 2-for-4 with an RBI. Matt Kemp went 1-for-3 with two runs scored in an RBI. He also had a walk. And Chris Owings goes 3-for-4 with an RBI and a run scored. Final game of the day, the L.A. Dodgers brought out the big bats down in the desert against the Diamondbacks. With Kobe Bryant, as Edwin hits one high and deep to right center. This ball back, and it is gone. A home run, Edwin Rios. A two-run shot, and the Dodgers are in front 2-1. to one. Second home run of the year for Edwin Rios, part of a three-run fourth inning as the Dodgers crushed the Diamondbacks 11-2. Matt Beatty followed with a home run to make it 3-1 after Rios' homer, after Carson Kelly for the Diamondbacks made it a one-run ball game with a single in the bottom of the fourth inning. Justin Turner had a two-RBI triple in the top of the fifth inning. Jock Peterson drove him home with a single, and then A.J. Pollock hit a two-run homer to score Jock Peterson. And in the top of the eighth inning, Chris Taylor hit a three-run homer to make it 11-2. Winning pitcher Julio Urias, his first win of the season, he is 1-0. Six innings of two-run baseball, five hits, one walk, and five strikeouts. Luke Weaver takes the loss for Arizona. He is 0 two six runs on seven hits in four innings three walks and five strikeouts Dodgers are six and three Diamondbacks are three and six for LA amazingly only one player had multiple hits that was Corey Seager who went two for four but multi-RBI games for Edwin Rios, who had two, A.J. Pollock, who had two, Justin Turner, who had two, and Chris Taylor, who had three. Just five hits in the ballgame for Arizona. None of them were multi-hit performances. That is your recap for Saturday, August 1st, 2020. Now let's look at today's ball games. So one correction, by the way, from our Yankees and Red Sox game. I said that Aaron Judge had homered in three straight games. He is actually homered in four straight games. So my apologies for that error. Let's get to the schedule. At 12.10 Eastern time, barring weather, because there has been weather in Detroit, the 2-5 and five Reds will battle the 5-3 and three Tigers. It'll be Anthony DiSclafani for Cincinnati against Roni Garcia for Detroit. At 105 Eastern, the 4-5 and five Rays take on the 4-3 and three Orioles. Yoni Chirinos goes for Tampa, Tommy Malone for Baltimore. 
The 3-6 Mets take on the 6-3 Braves at 1-10 Eastern time. It'll be David Peterson for New York against Kyle Wright for Atlanta. 105 Central Time, 4-4 four four White Sox battle the 3-6 Royals. Dylan Cease for Chicago, Jake Junis for Kansas City. At 1-10 Central Time, the 5-4 Indians against the 6-2 Twins. It'll be Aaron Savali for Cleveland. And this is interesting. Tyler Clippard is going to get the start for Minnesota. He is normally a reliever, so it looks like they're going to go with the opener philosophy. At 1.20 Central Time, the 2-6 Pirates take on the 6-2 Cubs. Stephen Brault for Pittsburgh against John Lester for Chicago. At 1.10 Mountain Time, the 6-3 Padres battle the 5-2 Rockies. It'll be Kyle Davies for San Diego against Antonio Senzatella for Colorado. 1.10 Pacific Time, Kobe Allard for Texas takes on TBD for the Giants, which is pretty darn predictable. Clayton Kershaw makes his season debut for the Dodgers at 1:10 Pacific time against the Diamondbacks, the 6-3 Dodgers at the 6-3 D-backs. Merrill Kelly will take the ball for Arizona. 1:10 Pacific time, the 4-4 A's against the 4-5 Mariners. Chris Bassett for Oakland against the former A, Kendall Graveman, for Seattle. 1-10 Pacific time in Anaheim. 4-4 four four Astros take on the 3-6 Angels. Josh James goes for Houston. Shohei Otani for Anaheim. Hopefully Otani can actually record an out this time. Game 2 of the Reds and Tigers doubleheader. Reds have not announced a starter. Daniel Norris for Detroit. And oh, what a surprise. The Yankees and the Red Sox are on Sunday Night Baseball. It will be Austin Bryce for Boston against James Paxson for New York. Red Sox are 3-6, Yankees are 6-1. By the way, it frustrates me to no end that the Yankees and the Red Sox, whenever they play on a Sunday, are always on Sunday Night Baseball. We have gone long, and so we will say goodbye here on MLB Morning Coffee. Have a great Sunday. We will catch you in the AM.